Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. I'm Tower here with the Watchman, and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warren-usa.com. You can find Warren Radio on MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, and Linktree. You can listen to our shows on Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. And you can listen and download our shows by going to warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And do not miss these posts on warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Do not miss this post. American missionaries need to reach lost America. Since the 50s, we have seen gradual decrease in the faithful discharge to reach the lost, to the point that today we have generations of pagan Americans. Do not miss this post. Eudokia, God's secret, sets men free. Eudokia, God's good will toward you. This is the truth that men seek. His good will, favor, grace, brought redemption for all who call upon the name of the Lord. For the latest posts on warn-usa.com, do not miss this post, Christian Persecution Advocacy Classic Warren Radio. Christian Persecution Advocacy Class Classic Warren Radio discusses our global report that finds believers in the thick of trouble. And do not miss this post, Set the Watchman, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 35, on Battle Lines. And do not miss this post, Watchman Declares, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 36. Watchman declares on this episode of Isaiah's prophetic book, the strongest and most virulent empire is now facing judgment. And be sure to get your book, The Rising by the Watchman Dana Glenn Smith. The Rising details a takeover of America with dark forces that plot to bring the country into the globalist new order. And you can get that book by going to danaglinsmith.com and also at liferichpublishing.com. And be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio newsletter by going to danaglinsmith.com. And you, you can also visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop where we feature the rising and other Christian books as well as resources from our Vision Media. And now I welcome in the Watchman.
You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, we're doing good. Doing good. Good. Tomorrow's Friday, by the way. Oh, that's good to know. I forgot all about Friday. I didn't. Thursday night. We're a little bit late tonight. We had a lot of stuff we had to take care of. But at any rate... I'm, I'm glad we're here. Yep. And we're in Isaiah 45. And uh, we're going to move beyond a lot of this here pretty soon. And get into some real neat... And, and a lot of these are neat prophecies. But we'll hit the others. So, I think I'm going to go ahead and do this. Okay. You want me to read this? Yeah. Okay. Tonight, Escaped of the Nations brings us to part 137 in Isaiah's prophetic book. While we follow the prophecies of Isaiah, we have been looking closely at Judah's judgment and related biblical histories in God's word. The faithful of the Lord is paramount here, as is his grace towards Judah. Even in the time of the law, God still had grace and his mercy was evident from the beginning. Also evident was God's wrath over disobedience and his people forsaking him for other gods which were no gods and could not redeem anyone. Even today God is calling his people out of the world, the nations of men who are the escaped of the nations. And now back to you. I'll see you on the other side. Okay. Isaiah 45.15 is where we left off. Verily thou art a God that hidest thyself, O God of Israel, the Savior. And there, there is no doubt that Judah and the northern tribes, you know, they would have had that feeling. Where is God? And Judah being sent into captivity for 70 years, you know... You would say, yeah, God is hidden from us. We have incurred his wrath. But yet, even in the midst of that, there were those who served the Lord. And those like Daniel, who uh, had researched and found out from the book of Jeremiah... That the 70 years is, is what he's waiting for, the end of that, and then God would deliver him. So while there is a God that hides himself, or so it seems, you know, that's why we say, you know, when you have sin, sin separates you from God. And in the new covenant, Yahshua dying on the cross, providing the blood atonement for us, You know, he has made a way for sinful man 
who is separated from God, the true and living God, to come nigh unto him and be forgiven. And of course that comes with peace of mind, peace of heart, and peace of soul. And just a whole overall change. And you, his spirit will bear witness with your spirit that you're a child of God. So it's not unheard of when we look at you know, like in Isaiah, and we see things that reflect today, we think about, you know, there are times even in a disobedient uh, uh, Christian at times where maybe they're not where they need to be, that God seems to be far off. And that's the natural condition. <clears throat> and you don't always have to be there, but I believe that within a Christian's life or in a life of a human being that eventually comes to the Lord, there are those times when you do feel like God is distant. And in effect, you see, God is omnipotent and omnipresent, not to mention or forget omniscient. And being all present, he never leaves. And so the thing that stops you is the fact that you're not connected to his spirit. You're not connected to him anymore because of disobedience or some issue or problem. But God knows this. And, you know, that's why I've always said that in the midst of judgment, there, there is mercy. Because God is bringing Judah back. And he even eventually brings the northern tribes back in the later time. I mean, like today, we're, we're expecting the return more of the return of the lost tribes of Israel. God is calling the Jews worldwide, globally, back to Israel. And Israel is all of Israel when we talk about the land that they're in. And they don't have all the land. But yet the true fulfillment will be when Yahshua comes back and he will have his kingdom. That, that is the true fulfillment of everything. But at any rate, we want to look at Isaiah 55, 6 through 9. Verse 6, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Now that's a good time to do it. Okay? I mean, today, you know, we kind of take that lightly because we have a lot of churches. You know, Christ died on the cross. And, you know, a lot of people think, well, you know, I can get saved anytime. I can come to God anytime. But you never know the hour of the day. And so it is with man that they, even in the easy times when, you know, like today, we can find time later on to seek the Lord. But but this particular thing, this is seek the Lord. This is not a question. Seek the Lord? Well, maybe. No, this is an absolute statement. Seek the Lord. You could even take that as a command. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Do you mean there's times he may not be found? Call upon him while he is near. And you see, you don't wait till judgment before you repent. You know, you don't repent when, you know, you're traveling down the eternal road to the 
day of judgment and all of a sudden you see God on the throne and the wicked waiting to be judged and the righteous and all the angelic hosts uh, observing what's going on because they'll be there too. And uh, <clears throat> you don't wait till that last moment. You don't wait until a minute before y you die on the deathbed. You know, you, you change your ways today. Why? Because God will bless you. And you get to know him. And his spirit will bear witness with your spirit that you're a child of God. So Isaiah is prophesying, you know, he's telling the children of Israel here, Seek the Lord while he may be found, while he is near. Call upon him. What are you waiting for? You know, and that's the admonition. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return unto the Lord and he'll have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Now see, this was in the time of the law, but see, when you look at that, let the unrighteous man, you know, the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, let him return to the Lord, he'll have mercy on him, and to our God, for he'll abundantly pardon. Now, if you didn't know I was talking about an Old Testament verse, we could reflect that today because of the covenant through Yahshua and the blood of the covenant and the forgiveness because of what Christ did on the cross. You know, because that's what happens. The wicked forsake their way. The unrighteous man gets rid of everything as well and they return to the Lord now you see you might talk about that verse return unto the Lord for a minute now there's two reflections here that we look at return to the Lord meaning that he was once with the Lord and the other is is that as human beings we are all lost unless we become saved I mean you know through Christ now that's where you know many of the Jews get irritated with Gentiles because of I suppose you think you're saved. And see, because as Gentiles, through faith, we have to believe and we haven't seen it. You know, we haven't seen the Lord, but we believe on him. We say we're saved. And, and what that delineates is, yes, I'm saved because I know the Lord. I seek his face. And although I'm still here on earth, I believe I'm saved. And so when I see him... I will be fulfilled. I mean, I'll be in my glorified state. You know, so there, there's these different avenues. But see, when we deal with Israel, a lot of times when we look and through, especially in the kings and we look through all the, all the judges, you know, there was time and time again that Israel fell away. And God would seek to bring them back. And the admonition is here is mercy. And this is Isaiah 55. There's a lot of stuff in Isaiah 55, but we're just doing these. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways. Neither are your ways my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my, my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, all this applies exactly in the New Testament as well. You know, and... You know, when the Lord himself in the Gospels, uh, you know, the story goes, you know, the reading when he was dealing with the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the people from the temple, you know, they they got mad because he declared himself the son of God. And, 
you know, the thing of it is, he says, I've, I've been there. I know where I came from. You don't know where I came from. You haven't been where I've been. <laughs> you don't know the Father. I know the Father. You know, and, and he had a personal relationship. He, and when he prayed, you know, when you look at John and he prayed, he says, Lord, uh, Father, restore my glory that I had with you in the beginning. And so, you know, we, we see the, the Son of God, as it says in John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Yahshua is that Word. He is the Word incarnate, the Word made flesh. And so we have issues here when we look at what Isaiah is translating, uh, telling them, is that this God is high above Judah in every way. But he still reached down to save Judah. He still reached down to bring him out of captivity. And his thoughts is not, not like theirs. He's not going to forget but he's going to do it. And what this does is show the faithfulness of God. It also says something to Israel. Israel is, is not going to be forgotten. And God is also not going to put up with a lot of the stuff that they may be doing either. Because God is a holy God. So they still have to deal with a lot of these issues over there. But you'll see more things um, happening with Israel, and that is the state of Israel, you know, in these last days. Because eventually they're going to come to know, and as Paul says, all of Israel will be saved. But even when we talk about Israel, we talk about, you know, the, the true Israel, which will be made up of both houses. And of course, there again we get into the Old Testament where you do have two houses and uh, you know you have the northern tribes and then you have Judah the southern kingdom and there are prophecies about those becoming united but there's also a greater prophecy about the end of days when we talk about you know that there will be no Jew, Gentile, male, or female, but they'll all be one in Christ. There's going to be an Israel, and it's going to be, and as Paul said, he talks about Israel. There, there is a spiritual Israel today in the New Covenant, and it far exceeds that of the old Israel. But yet all of them flows out of Abraham, which is what the prophecy said. And uh, let's move on. Uh, we're going to uh, Psalm 44. Awake, why sleepest thou? This is 23 through 26 of Psalm 44. Why sleepest thou, O Lord? Arise, cast us not off forever. Wherefore hidest thou thy face, and forgettest our affliction and our oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust, our belly cleaveth unto the earth. Arise for our help and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. Now this is definitely a plea for help from the Lord. And the one thing that, that we see when we look at the Old Testament with Israel is Israel did have, they would fall away. 
and God would begin to send their enemies against them and allow them to overcome them in order to bring Israel back. And then Israel would start repenting. And then God would deliver them. And they would serve God for a while. Then they would fall away. And God would send persecution to wake them up. And then they would cry out and God would deliver them. This is the cycle you see over and over again. And so in this particular one, you know, this is, they're at a place where, you know, why did you cast us off? Well, what did you do? That's what I would ask. Wherefore, hidest thou thy face and forgettest our affliction? He didn't forget, but he knows what he's doing. And, you know, today, you know, there's a lot of things that are going on, especially with the church worldwide. There is a lot of persecution. And there could be a lot of Christians today who, like the believers in North Korea or China, and the believers in Nigeria and India, just to name a few, and because of the persecution and the death and the burning of churches, or if you're North Korean, you're Christian, you're caught, you could be killed, you and your whole family sent into one of their godless prison camps over there. You know, the thing that's irritating, I mean, we have professionals today and we have people from Hollywood that actually make a big deal out of it. There is this movie starlet, I think she is well known, who ate an 11-course meal of bugs. And I find that offensive. Because God has blessed this nation and we have food. And we have had a lot of blessings here. But there are people today in North Korea that don't even have bugs to eat. And when you get in their camps, and we've gotten the testimony from them, you know, a lot of times if there's any rats or mice or anything live running around, they've already been eaten. Then they start eating any grass or vegetarian uh, vegetables, you know, a grass or things like that they can find. And when that's all gone and isn't growing, then they eat dirt. Yeah, that's right, eat dirt. So you have professionals coming out of the WEF and you have Gates and others, and they all want you to be eating bugs. Ain't going to happen. Eat. You know, eat bugs. Well, I got news for you. You want to eat bugs? Eat bugs. But see, what we want to do is give food to the people that it is so tough. They can't eat bugs because there aren't any. There aren't any rats left. And the grass is all gone. And they're tired of eating dirt. And if you eat enough of the dirt, you're going to die. See, there are people like that, Christians. And the one thing you have to understand about Christianity, Revelation 12, 11, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. The New Testament does not allow for anything other than you love not 
your life unto the death. No matter what happens, you never give up. You keep a hold of the Lord. You trust and obey no matter what happens. Totally different thing. You're justified by faith. You're not justified by the law. For by the law shall no flesh be justified. Now see, God is working with Israel today. Isaiah 8, 17 and 18. And I'll wait upon the Lord that hideth his face from the house of Jacob, and I will look for him. And behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts, which dwelleth in Mount Zion. Now, Isaiah did have a couple of kids, and they their names alone did serve as a sign with the Lord. And, uh, you know, we don't understand how tough that is. But see, whether you're in the Old Testament or whether you're in the New Testament, see, we've moved ahead to the New Covenant. Israel is still in the Old Covenant. And they're fully expecting to have a temple and do sacrifices. You know, and and meanwhile in the church, Christians have got it all laid out where they're going to go in the rapture. Israel's going to go through the tribulation and eventually they're going to be saved. and Everything's going to work out in the end. And uh, whenever the church seems to get everything perfect and thinks they know absolutely everything is going to happen, that's when I begin to shake my head. Because if you look at Israel, you know, Israel, they were some of the greatest interpreters of prophecy ever. And they didn't even recognize the Messiah when he came. 45.16, they shall be ashamed and also confounded, all of them. They shall go to confusion together that are makers of idols. Isaiah 1.29, those who hold to idols and other gods shall be brought to confusion over the inability of their gods to deliver themselves from the Lord God. Now see, this is beginning, Isaiah 1 is beginning uh, the whole prophecies of Isaiah concerning Judah and what they were doing. They had given themselves over to idols and other gods. And that's why in 45.16, now that we've progressed, you know, all this way into chapter 45 instead of chapter 1, Isaiah is bringing it up again. We'll see. And, and as we as we go through this, we've already dealt with a lot of issues here concerning Judah. You know, the Assyrians, we uh, dealt with Judah and the fact that Babylon came, but God didn't deliver them. You know, he delivered them to Babylon instead. They went into captivity for 70 years. And uh, a lot of the issues is God dealing with the children of Israel and using the prophet to explain to him and, and deal with issues. I mean, let's face it, if you're 70 years in captivity away from the Lord God, you're going to have a few issues, okay? Yes, God has delivered you, but you may be a little miffed. Yes, God has delivered you, and you don't know how you're going to get back to Jerusalem. Yes, God has delivered you, but you don't have a you know, a temple. You don't have nothing. You can't even remember how to do all the law yet. You know some of the stuff, but you don't know it all. But see, God took care of all that in all those verses. He deals with those issues. 
And, and this is another thing. You know, yeah, I sent you there, and it's done. I've forgiven you. I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to teach you. Uh, you're going to have your temple back. You're going to serve me. Boom, boom, boom. Now, see, in Christianity today, because we believe by faith, you know, sometimes we're a little more independent and a little more soft-spoken on a lot of things. And we're not quite where we should be a lot of times. And there's people that do fall away. And we've got a built-in you know, when you're when you're born again and you know the Lord, the Spirit of God is there to nudge you. God is there to convict you when you start straying. And in the Old Testament, they didn't have that. They had the prophet. They had God's word. But they didn't have the Spirit of God within them. Now, there were some of the prophets that, that were, you know, they were mighty prophets and the Spirit of God used them. Now, Isaiah, um, one twenty-nine. For they shall be ashamed of the oaks which you have desired. You shall be confounded for the gardens that you have chosen. And these are all places where uh, they served other gods. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, they offered up to the queen of heaven. They served Baal. They caused their children to pass through the fire to Baal. They had the Ashtaroth. You know, just a lot of different things. And of course, God did say at one point, you know, you know, just like when he was dealing with Babylon. Go ahead and gather all your prognosticators. Gather all your gods together and see if they can stop me. If, if, if he's a god, let him declare so. You know, let him stand up. You know, we have a lot of people today that say a lot of things. And, you know, this is not social media. You know, we're, we're dealing with the Word of God. And all the people that claim to know the true and living God, not this one, but another one, there are many gods that claim to be the true God. But God has already declared that the gods of the nations are idols. There's only one true God. And again and again, he reminds Israel of this. There is no other gods. I know of not any. There is none. Now, the one thing that Isaiah says in 33 through 5, and we've already covered this, Therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame, and the trust in the shadow of Egypt your confusion. For his princes were his own, and his ambassador came to Haines, and they were all ashamed of a people that could not profit them, nor a helper, a prophet, but a shame, and also a reproach. Now see, one thing this reminds me of is the quote where it talks about rusting on the arm of the flesh. And uh, if you get down to Jeremiah 17:5, thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusts in man, that makes flesh his arm, whose heart departs from the Lord. 
And see, that's the key. Trusting in man so much that your heart departs from the Lord because your heart is focused on flesh, people, that are going to deliver you. Now, see, in the earlier one, you know, we've already dealt with the Assyrian thing. But see, when Assyria came through, Judah depended on Egypt to help them. Well, Egypt could not help them, it turned out. And it was foolish for them to do that. Only the Lord God could take care of that. And you see, all this is relevant today. Uh, Not only for us as Christians. We should definitely not be trusting in the arm of the flesh. Now, we have to eat. We live in homes. And in America, we got cars. We have a lot of things. And every one of those things that make your heart depart from the Lord is an idol. And we need to be discerning. Need to make sure that we are focusing on the Lord and know that the Lord is guiding us and leading us. Because it's easy, especially in American society today, and you, you could also go to any one of the Western nations that are fairly prosperous, Australia, New Zealand, you know, the UK, and, uh, you know, any, any number of them in uh, Europe and Mediterranean, etc., because your heart falls away. And if you get into China, you know, they're making war against the Lord God. And uh, you can't even say anything or serve anything other than the Communist Party church that they have over there. See, they're taking on God over there and have done all their lives. Well, one day they're going to come up short. Because when they stand before him, the Communist Party is not going to save their soul. There's only one Savior between God and man. And this goes for many other areas that we could cover this way. But see, when we get to Isaiah 45, 17, and this this is a, a good statement. Because when you go back and... You know, we begin with, Verily you are a God that hidest thyself, O God of Israel, the Savior. They shall be ashamed and also confounded, all of them. They shall go to confusion together that are makers of idols. Well, see, as I said, idols was a problem with Judah and the northern tribes. Now, the third verse, you know, in this little section, But Israel shall be saved in the Lord with an everlasting salvation, you will not be ashamed nor confounded world without end. And see, this goes right directly to the captive Jews in Babylon. Now see, if they were reading this prophecy, they would have read all the other stuff and known that it came to pass. If you were reading Isaiah and you were in Babylon, if you knew what he said, And it came to pass. But see, the prophet at the time, of course, was Jeremiah. There was others there, too. But Jeremiah was the main prophet that dealt with Judah to try to get him to turn around. And they wouldn't do it. And it was Ezekiel, also a prophet, 
that was taken into captivity, he was sitting by the river Chebar when they were there. And Babylon was trying to get him to do the songs, you know, of Jerusalem and the, the Jewish songs. And uh, the songs of Zion. But see, by the time you look at 4517, you know, the truth is, is that in all of this chaos, and in all the trouble, and in all the 70 years, in Babylon, and you go back to Assyria, and just everything that concerned them, God was going to bring them through. They shall be saved. They will be delivered. And they will be saved by God using Cyrus and bringing them out. And I think these are important things here. Now, the one thing we want to remember, if we get into Romans 2, you know, Paul talks about redemption. And in verse 28 and 29, For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart and the spirit not in the letter whose praise is not of men but of God. Now if you remember the Lord dealing with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, he called them snakes and vipers. You're of your father the devil, he said to them. Because they were parading around. They were known as the holy men. You know, this would you didn't mess with them. But you see the thing of it is is that the mere keeping of the law is not going to redeem you. Now see, for, you know, Israel today, God is dealing with them. And he is going to continue to deal with them to finish his program with them. And this is the whole issue when we, when we look at it, is that God didn't give up on him before. He's not going to give up now. But the Lord stated when he was weeping over Jerusalem, he said, your house is left unto you desolate. And less time, I mean, uh, it wasn't too long from that statement. You know, it was less than a century, 100 years, when Titus came in and destroyed him destroyed the temple and the wall of Jerusalem, you know, the whole thing. Because what the Jews were doing. And then, of course, the Jews spent a lot of time scattered in the wor- around the world. And they were also, some of them were living in the land, you know. But the fact of it is, when they got to the Jews in Germany, went through the Holocaust, and they were, many of them were slaughtered horribly. But yet, right after that, we find the nation in 1948, which comes into prophecy. And we see these little earmarks of how God deals with Israel. And we saw during Trump that he initiated, you know, the Abrahamic covenant among the brethren. This is Ishmael and Isaac. Judah is of Isaac, and the other Arab nations are of Ishmael. And then, of course, not to forget the lost tribes of Israel, which are also 
I mean, today they're all lumped in as one, but you you do have some of the lost tribes of Israel, their their kin that are in Israel today. And and what all this means is the faithfulness of God and how God can deal with man and their salvation over centuries. You know, in John 10, the Lord, you know, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and others wanted to see miracles from the Lord. He was doing miracles all the time. And they never saw it. They didn't believe it. When he raised Lazarus from the dead, they saw that he raised them from the dead. And the only thing they were worried about was that everybody would go follow them, go follow him. And uh, so you get into that. And so in John 10, he says, but you believe not because you are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Now, now that's classic teaching. And they didn't believe. They're not one of the sheep. Yes, they were Israel. I mean, they were Judah. But they didn't believe the Messiah. If, if they would have heard you know, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. And even today, the born again, the Christians, the believers, they can hear the Lord's voice. They can be directed by him. And so all these things are important because when we're dealing with the prophets, some of the greatest prophecies in the Christian church today are found in Isaiah. And we get into verse 18. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He has established it. He created it. Not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else. And when we look at that Lord, that's Jehovah. And see, when we look at this particular verse, that's the fullest sense uh, when we talk about an exclusive as to who made everything. In other words, you can't get any bit bigger. You can't get any more important. You can't have any more authority. You can't know any more than the fact that the one who did everything and made the earth to be inhabited is Jehovah God, the Lord. Now see, this also goes back to birth. You know, he made male and female in the beginning, and the female had the baby. But the male and female had sex, love. And the sperm united with the egg. There was male-female. There's not 700 different things here. And, you know, I'm always seeing this online. And I'm seeing them even in the legal realm where they get in the court and they have some nitwit expert who, we got a Supreme Court justice. And they ask her what a woman is. She says, I can't define what a woman is. Give me a break. It's very simple. God told us. Now, Christians, listen to this. There's one source for us. The Lord. And here in this verse, it's Jehovah. The most powerful and exclusive sense of who made everything. We already know. 
And when you look at science, science that denies God is idolatry. And it will lead you away from the truth every time. So if you want to know why we're so screwed up, that's because we're far away from the Lord and we won't repent. But we make it so hard. It's not hard. It's easy. You know, my grandfather, my great-great-grandfather, you know, they figured it out. Adam and Eve figured it out. But you take the society that has more knowledge, more technology than any other generation at any time in created history, and we can't define what a woman is. Now, what does that tell you about our modern society? We have smartphones, we have computers, we have artificial intelligence, we have robots, we can go to the moon, we want to go to Mars, we want to do everything, but we still don't know what a woman is. And you can't even figure out what a guy is. Give me a break. You know why you're so confused? Because you don't hear his voice. You're not listening. And it's not going to get any better for you until you repent. Just like Genesis 1, 1 through 2. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was out without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. See, there was nothing there. Darkness was there. No form, no void, no nothing. See, that's not God's creation. This is the way it all was. And then the Spirit of God moved, and that's when you saw creation. Whenever you see the Spirit of God move, you're going to see the miraculous. You're going to see power. And so we're all caught up in the first cause, you know, the first big bang. Well, the big thing we need to be caught up in is just being simple and understanding that there's a God that created everything. And the point that Isaiah is making to the children of Israel is that this is the God that has redeemed you. He's bringing you back. You're going to have a temple. You know, if he can create everything from the beginning out of nothing, don't you think that he can take care of you, Israel? And get you out of Babylon? Don't you think that God knows how to deal with Israel today? Don't you think God knows who Israel's enemies are? And don't you think, Christian, that he knows what's in your pastor's heart? He knows whether he's the devil or whether he's true. You don't know because you don't get in his word. You don't know because you don't really know him as you should. We need to be fasting and praying, seeking the Lord with everything we got in this country. I like this verse, Isaiah 45, 5 and 6. I've said this before many times. I am the Lord, there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is none else. See, that's who we serve today. And our God and our Father gave 
the title and the deed and the authority to Yahshua, Jesus Christ. He is the Redeemer. He's the resurrection and the life. And he is the Almighty in Revelation 1. And this is the same God that was crying out through Isaiah to convince the children of Israel that help had arrived. And when they saw Cyrus defeat Babylon, they were probably scared. But when Cyrus stood up and took him and said, you go back and build the temple and build your city, Jerusalem, back up. Because Cyrus did mention the Lord. He did say that God had called him. Make no mistake about it. History, biblical history, and the Spirit of God moving today confirm that the same God that delivered Israel out of Babylon is the same God today that is dealing with men today and their sins. And he will deliver you. And I like this too in Isaiah 45, 19. These are all important points. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I said not unto the seed of Jacob, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteous. I declare things that are right. See, he openly declared ahead of time through Isaiah that he was going to redeem Jacob. And we find the promises to the Gentiles or the Goyim that through Yahshua or Jesus Christ, he was going to redeem them. And see, these are things that are not vain or useless. See, he just didn't... He's not trying to save just any old thing. You know, go out and take a piece of desert and save it or something. He's not trying to save all the donkeys on earth. He wants to save man. He was saving Judah from Babylon. And he sent Cyrus to do it. He sought to redeem all men. He sent Yahshua, who provided the atonement on the cross and the blood of the covenant. He works today to save both Jew and Gentile, male and female. It's not useless. It's not vain. It's purposeful. And make sure you know that judgment is here and more judgment is coming. The tribulation is coming. And in that tribulation will be the blood judgment, as I call it. The judgment of the blood. You go through the tribulation, you'll see all the references to blood. And when you see how much we love to abort babies, innocent babies, and understand the fact that blood itself shed from the innocent 
brings a curse on the earth and upon those who do it. It's in the law. And we're not afraid of God. We're not afraid. We And I've watched the video just like you have. And these women standing up there. Well, I'm just going to poop out a baby just so I can kill him. Vile things. It's brought out by pride and no fear of God. Well, America, you're going to learn the fear of God. Human beings, male and female, you will know the fear of God like you've never known it. So as the scripture I told you earlier, do not wait to seek the Lord. That's why you seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. That's why the wicked are to forsake their way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. You're supposed to return to the Lord and the Lord will have mercy on you. You want America or you want your own life to last? Well, don't be stubborn. Seek the Lord. Repent. Put it in his hands. But see, today, we have a whole bunch of people that are in real big trouble. We have people today that won't listen. The best thing you could do is read Psalm 2, then John 1, John 3, John 10 through the end of the book, then 1 John, and then Romans 3 through 7. And then repent and seek the Lord and walk in his light. Because I'll tell you, delivering the Jews from Babylon was just one part of the equation. They still had to get there, do the work, and there was going to be people there that would oppose them. They had to take care of that. They had to build the temple, which took time. And they had to walk in the way of the Lord. And see, whether you're in the New Testament or the Old Testament, it's called obedience to the known will of God. Obedience. In our world today, through the New Covenant, for by grace through faith are you saved. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. So we are in Isaiah, and we have left off at chapter 45 and verse 20. And as we look at verse 20, I'm looking down here, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 46. And it's going to be real interesting because uh, we'll be discussing a couple of the gods of Babylon 
and uh, it gets really interesting. See, there's only one true and living God. And sometimes that's hard for people to understand. Father, thank you for your word today. Bless those that heard this whenever they do. Draw them to yourself. Bless them and save them. In Jesus' name. Okay, Tower. Okay, here I am. That was good. I, I'm glad that God clears up the confusion of man. There's only one God. Him. There's none else. And so you think of all these people in foreign countries that are serving all these idols. And they hope they're doing right to make it. So that they don't have judgment from all these idols on them. Little do they know that that judgment doesn't come from them. And that's why they have Christians over there as the witness. Yes. Well, I'll tell you, there is no doubt when things start getting bad, people begin to wake up. Yes, they will. And we're going to have to get ready to go. Okay. We do have a little time, so you don't have to rush. Well, I don't know what to say, so if you would like to say something, go ahead. Well, we're closing out the show. Be sure to join us tomorrow for Sound the Shofar. Being found in Christ Jesus and His return. Oh, that was last week, wasn't it? Hmm. Well, anyway, it'll be a good show tomorrow with Watchmen. And I'm glad you joined us tonight. It's wonderful to have you here. We always consider it a privilege when you join us. You're amazing and we love you. And we always hope the best for you in Christ Jesus. Be safe. Take care of yourselves. The Lord is coming back. Good night, everybody. Tomorrow morning, the Lord God, Governor of the Nations, we're going to be discussing the mystery of iniquity. Okay. And don't forget to go by our websites at warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Read the articles, listen to the shows, tell your friends, share them on social media. Also, check out my book, The Rising, by Dana Glenn Smith. You can find it on a lot of places, myriad places, but the best place to go is danaglennsmith.com. We've got a a store over there you can look at and find them at. We also have the book page over there. You can go to Warren USA, Warren USA, and there's uh, uh, things there you can click on. But get the book, read it, and send me your comments. I want to hear from you. Until next week, shalom. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.